Hey everyone, welcome to Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts, where every week we cover the latest in music news, reviews, interviews, releases, discovery, history, and more. I'm your host, Chris Zappa, and as always, the world of music is a busy place, so without further ado, ground control to listener, take your protein pills, put your helmet on, this podcast ain't gonna listen to itself... Hey, Zappagrammers, welcome back to Zappagram, the mother of all music, podcasts, and newsletters. I'm your host, Chris Zappa. Thank you for being here. This is episode number 75. I'm glad you guys are here. It's a very special episode this week. I feel like I've got a really good show in store for you guys this week. Uh, this week, I'm introducing a new segment to the show, which I'm really excited about. I think you will be, too. I should be able to do this on a regular basis because there's always one of these. The new segment is going to be called Asshole of the Week. And uh, yeah, because there's always one, right? At least, at least one. There's always one. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. That's coming up later in the show. Stick around. We'll get to that after the news. Uh, but listen, welcome to fall. It's officially fall, everybody. First official day of fall was yesterday or day before yesterday. I don't know. We're into it already is the point. It's now officially pumpkin spice season. So bust out your fuzzy sweaters and light your candles and prepare to get all cozy. A couple of weeks ago in the Rock the Vote poll, I asked if politics and music intersect if you guys wanted to hear stories about that. Um, 91% of you, an overwhelming majority of you said, yeah, I want to hear about that. And, which is good because that aligned with how I felt about it. I want to tell you guys about that too. Now, uh, Howard Stern came up in the news this past week while he's not uh, a musician per se, uh, or at all. He, uh, he was accused of being woke and, and not good anymore because he's woke. And he had a lot to say about that. I actually have a lot to say about that, too. He confronted his critics this past week on his Sirius XM radio show, uh, which I wish I had Sirius XM and I could listen to because uh, he's he's a really uh, evolved as a human being and a fantastic interviewer. I mean, one of the best ever. But anyway, he caught wind of claims that he's, quote, not good anymore because he's woke. And he had this to say, by the way, I kind of take that as a compliment that I'm woke. I'll tell you how I feel about about it. To me, the opposite of woke is being asleep. And if woke means I can't get behind Trump, which is what I think it means, or that I support people who want to be transgender, or I'm for the vaccine, dude, call me woke as much as you fucking want. I'm not for stupidity, you know? I ran out Friday morning. I was over at CVS. Thank you, CVS. I went over there at like 9 a.m. and got myself that new vaccine for COVID. Fucking science. This fucking country is so great. I am woke, motherfucker, and I love it. I want to be awake. I want to read legitimate news sources. Here's how woke I am. I believe the election was not rigged. I am woke. I think that's a compliment. And so anyway, I am fully supportive of Howard Stern being woke. I too am woke. I want everyone to know that I'm woke. I want uh, everyone to know that if you are a bigot, a, a racist, a xenophobic, transphobic jerk off, then you can uh, you can find the door because I don't care if you listen to me or not. But for everybody else, I'm so glad you're here. You are my people. I'm, I'm just glad that you're here and I'm glad I'm thankful for your support. So um, that's all I'm going to say about that. But just uh, thank you. Before we jump into the rest of the show, I had one more thing that I just wanted to talk about real quick. I love Dolly Parton. Everybody loves Dolly Parton. Who doesn't love Dolly Parton? If you don't love Dolly Parton, I don't know what's wrong with you. However, there's something that I really don't love, and uh, that is the song What's Up by uh, Four Non Blondes. 
You guys remember that? It was huge back in the 90s, right? It was huge. It was, it's all over the radio. I mean, occasionally it's still played on the radio. And, uh, oh my God, it just, it grates on my nerves on a level that I can't quite put into words. So everybody knows that Dolly Parton is putting out a rock album, right? It's called Rockstar. It's coming out November 17th. And one of the songs on that album uh, is this song, What's Up? She she covered that. And Linda Perry from Four Non Blondes, who did the song originally, uh, sings harmonies on the track with her. And um, it's just, I just, I hate that song so much. I hate it so much. So, so much. So much. But I mean, is it a forgivable sin? Uh, I mean, of course it is. It's it's Dolly Parton. You know, she could kick a nun in the shins in front of the Pope in St. Peter's Square on Sunday, and, and it, she'd get away with it. It's fine. I mean, it's Dolly. We love Dolly. But anyway, this, this song is just, it's out there. It's coming on this album, and I just wanted to warn everybody about it. If you feel the way that I do about that song, uh, you may just want to, you know, watch out for that. But anyway, enough chit-chat, enough small talk. I've ranted and raved enough. It's time to get into this week's show. This past week, the boss, the legend himself, Bruce Springsteen, celebrated his 74th birthday. The man looks amazing. He looks better at 74 than I did at 24. And this week's quote comes from him. He once said, Blind faith in your leaders or in anything will get you killed. Those are wise words, and if they came from the boss, you know, you can trust it. Bruce Springsteen, happy birthday, sir. The man was born to run. He's a national treasure, and uh, and I'm so happy that he's still out there kicking ass and taking names. If you are not subscribed to the Zappagram newsletter, what are you even doing with your life? Go to zappagram.com right now and sign up. But if you're listening to this podcast, that's wonderful as well. But so listen, in order to take place in the poll, the Rock the Vote poll that I run in the newsletter every week, you've got to subscribe to the newsletter. Last week, I asked kind of a silly question. What would be the worst concert to attend if band names were literal? The choices were 10,000 Maniacs, Cowboy Junkies, Butthole Surfers, the cramps or the screaming trees. Now here's the breakdown on what you guys said. 18% of you said 10,000 maniacs. 5% of you said the cramps. 14% of you said the screaming trees. None of you, 0% said cowboy junkies. Apparently everybody thinks that would be fun to be at a concert full of cowboy junkies. But an overwhelming 64% of you said the butthole surfers. Uh, That would be pretty bad. I gotta admit, I I don't think I'd like that. I don't, I don't think I'd like that at all. In this week's poll, I'm asking the question, do you hate the song What's Up as much as I do? The one I was just talking about at the top of the show, the Four Nine Blonde song, What's Up? Uh, your choices are, yes, it's god-awful, or no, I like horrible things. Hit the poll in this week's Zappagram newsletter and sound off. Every week with this here podcast and the Zappagram newsletter, I include a playlist, which is available on Spotify and Apple Music. This week's playlist is quite eclectic. There is new music from Honey Crush, which I'm super excited about. Her debut EP, titled Milk Teeth, will be out October 17th, so look forward to that. I'm going to be uh, talking about that a lot when that comes out. But anyway, she's got a new single out, and that is on the playlist this week, as well as an old throwback for uh, Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen's song on there. Cleo Soul, Joseph Primo the Alien, Westerman, uh, Middle Kids, The Traveling Wilbury, Slow Joy, Embassy Row, a new band I just discovered, the lead singer sounds like Chris Cornell, it's really uncanny, and uh, threw some Ween and some Primus on there too, just for good measure, so 
That playlist is available again on Spotify and Apple Music as well. There is a master playlist, which contains all of the music from all of the weeks that Zappagram has been a thing. There's uh, there's hours and hours worth of great music on there, so be sure to check that out too. And now, Zappagrammers, it is time to jump into the meat and the potatoes of this week's show. It's time for this week's music news. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Bruce Springsteen, the boss, just celebrated his 74th birthday, and New Jersey just celebrated the first ever Bruce Springsteen Day to mark his 74th birthday. Back in April, Governor Phil Murphy announced plans to designate September 23rd as the official Bruce Springsteen Day, celebrating the voice of the Garden State. Said Governor Murphy, Bruce Springsteen is one of the most recognizable, iconic, and influential musicians and New Jerseyans of all time. It is important that we recognize Bruce for all he has done and will continue to do, from giving us the gift of his music to lending his time to the causes close to his heart, including making the Archives and Center for American Music a repository that will inspire tomorrow's songwriters and singers. So once again, I just want to wish Bruce Springsteen a happy birthday and uh, hope that we will be celebrating many, 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 many more. Here's a story I talked a little bit about a few weeks ago. Billie Eilish, Peter Gabriel, Bootsy Collins, Sheryl Crow, and many other musicians have united to raise awareness of gun control uh, with a new initiative called Artists for Action to Prevent Gun Violence. That's a long title. Uh, That would be like AFATP. The goal, in Eilish's words, is to, quote, end the gun violence epidemic. Those artists, as well as Nile Rogers, Little Big Town's Karen Fairchild, Rufus Wainwright, the Pixies' Joey Santiago, uh, Sophie Tucker, LP, and Old Crow Medicine Show's Catch Secor, ask people to volunteer, donate, and vote to raise awareness around the issue. The website for the initiative describes itself as a, quote, non-political movement that has come together as one to help prevent future tragedies. Its goals are to engage large groups of Americans to get involved and keep their communities safe. Our mission at Artists for Action is to build a coalition of musicians, artists, athletes, and influencers of all kinds to come together for the common cause of preventing gun violence, one of the founders said in a video. That founder, or co-founder rather, is named Mark Barden, and his son is one of the 26 murdered at Sandy Hook in 2012. Other musicians who include their names on the website are Hailstorm, uh, Rodzi, uh, Young the Giant, and Tadeshi Trucks band. You can learn more as well as volunteer and donate at artistsforaction.com. The one, the only, PJ Harvey has played her first concert in six years in Dublin. Thanks to her new album, I, Inside the Old You're Dying, PJ Harvey is finally playing these shows again. The singer-songwriter kicked off her first tour since 2017 this past weekend in Dublin, performing her new LP in its entirety before dusting off some old favorites. Harvey's latest work keeps up the folk-tinged sound she's been cultivating since her 2009 reinvention, White Chalk. As such, new tracks like A Child's Question, July, feature rumbling percussion and maudlin keys as the singer reaches for her upper register. It makes sense, then, that after I Inside the Old You're Dying set, the artist would dust off a song like the ghostly Angeline from Is This Desire for the first time since 2012. If you're a fan of PJ Harvey, if you're not a fan of PJ Harvey, why? And if you are a fan of PJ Harvey, or if you just want to learn more about her, I've also uh, written a piece about her that you can find here on Zappagram if you are a paid subscriber. That piece is titled An Introduction to PJ Harvey, and it uh, it's a pretty lengthy piece. It kind of deep dives into 
her, who she is, her her music, her career, all of her albums. Um, it's a good piece, if I do say so myself. Most definitely worth your time. Polly Jean Harvey's European tour continues through October, and tickets are on sale now, of course. Uh, here's hoping she adds a North American leg for 2024. Here's a very interesting piece of news about an artist that uh, I'd never have gotten to talk about before and and about a subject related to said artist that I've also never gotten to talk about before. Jillian Welch. Everyone know Jillian Welch? She had that great album, Time the Revelator. Anyway, she's reissuing a 2011 record she released uh, called The Harrow and the Harvest, uh, which she made with her longtime songwriting partner, David Rawlings. The new edition of the album, which Rawlings produced, arrives as a set of quarter-inch reel-to-reel tapes. Who does that? Nobody does that anymore, right? I've not heard of any other artist releasing or re-releasing an album on uh, reel to real these days. I mean, that's uh, almost unheard of. Almost uh, unheard of as well as the price tag. $699 each. Yikes. Here's the description on the AconyRecords.com website where these will be sold. Housed in a deluxe slipcase, better be, and custom tape boxes beautifully made by Stoughton Printing and featuring the original artwork, each reel-to-reel set is personally produced by David Rawlings at Woodland Studios in Nashville, Tennessee and hand-leadered on two quarter-inch archival-quality SM911 tapes. The set also includes a complete song lyric sheet as well as an exclusive photo print by Mark Seliger, hand-printed by the artist himself, autographed by Seliger, Jillian Welch, and David Rawlings. Again, if you have a reel-to-reel player and you have $700, you can pre-order this now at the AconyRecords.com website. That's A-C-O-N-Y records.com. And there will be shipping by mid-November. I don't know when the next time is going to be that I'm going to get to cover uh, a news story about an artist releasing things on reel-to-reel, but uh, who knows? Stranger shit has happened. Here's a news story about someone who was a contender for this week's Asshole of the Week award. Marilyn Manson uh, blowing his nose on a camera woman is not the most abhorrent act he's been associated with, but it was enough for a New Hampshire judge to sentence him to 20 hours of community service and a $1,400 fine this past Monday. The punishment stemmed from a 2019 incident when the rocker was charged with two misdemeanor counts of simple assault for spitting and blowing his nose on a videographer named Susan Fountain at a concert. First of all, um, he's a fucking monster, and everybody knows that. And and so these stories like this, when I hear shit like this, it just always pisses me off. Like, oh, he got 20 hours of community service and, and, and a $1,400 fine. He could scrape $1,400 out of his couch cushions. You know, to someone like him, that's nothing. I mean, that's not even a slap on the wrist. That's, that's barely side-eye, you know? The judge described Manson's actions as egregious while saying Manson could complete his community service in California where he lives. In 2021, he initially pleaded not guilty to both charges. Prosecutors dismissed the spitting charge and the musician, born Brian Warner, pleaded no contest to the nose blowing. Through the negotiated plea agreement, he does not admit guilt but avoids going to trial where each charge would have yielded jail time and a heftier fine. Well, that's a shame. And if I were the prosecutor, I wouldn't have let him off with a plea deal. He would have been charged on both counts, and he would have gone to jail, and he would have faced a much heftier fine, because again, he's a piece of shit. Fuck that guy. Now, you know there's going to be some Taylor Swift news. Taylor Swift calls Swifties to action on National Voter Registration Day. A week ago, Taylor Swift brought in a history-making haul of trophies at the 2023 
MTV Video Music Awards. Among the categories that she dominated, many of them were fan-voted, allowing her to rack up votes from her devoted Swifties. Now, the singer is urging them to bring that same energy to the actual polls during future elections. I've been lucky to see so many of you guys at my U.S. shows recently, Swift wrote in a recent Instagram story. I've heard you raise your voices, and I know how powerful they are. Make sure you're ready to use them in our elections. The singer shared a voter registration link with her more than 270 million followers on the social platform. With the 2024 presidential election less than a year away, Swift is starting the conversation early, which is good. We need to start that conversation early. I mean, we should have already started that conversation uh, months or, or years ago. Swifties can even put their organization skills to good use with a twist like making Era's tour-themed friendship bracelets to wear to the polls. That can be a thing. Sure, why not? She is the latest pop star to join the growing list of artists using their massive platforms to boost voter registration. Last year, the nonprofit voter registration organization Headcount partnered with dozens of artists to incentivize pop fans to register to vote and check their registration status. That is also very important if you're like, ah, I'm already registered, I'm fine. You want to check your registration status because things happen, screwy things happen. Just, just make sure you're registered to vote. Through campaigns with Harry Styles, Ariana Grande, Megan Thee Stallion, Beyonce, Billie Eilish, Paramore, and more, the organization registered more than 150,000 voters. And within hours of announcing this on Instagram or, or asking for her fans to go register to vote, rather, uh, at least 35,000 new voters were registered from that. So that's really great. We all need to get out there and vote. And again, like I said, make sure you're registered. Check your registration. You can go to rockthevote.org to uh, register to vote or to check your voter registration status. In further Taylor Swift news, when Taylor Swift announced 1989 Taylor's version, she offered this teaser about the track list, saying, To be perfectly honest, this is my most favorite re-record I've ever done because the five From the Vault tracks are so insane, I can't believe they were ever left behind. She has now revealed the From the Vault song titles. They are slut exclamation point say don't go now that we don't talk suburban legends and is it over now the new re-recorded version of 1989 is out october 27th and lastly in taylor swift related news scrounging for ways to keep x formerly known as twitter afloat amid a slew of controversies and catastrophic business decisions elon musk this past wednesday asked taylor swift to release music on x Taylor Swift tweeted, I still call it tweeting, uh, it'll always be tweeting, posted uh, a tweet saying, uh, it's a new soundtrack, here are the back covers and the vault titles for my 1989, my version, I can't wait for this one to be out, seriously, thank you for playing along, sleuthing, puzzling, and making these reveals so much chaotic fun, which is the best kind of fun after all, she put some, some photos on there, and then Musk replied to her and said, I recommend posting some music or concert videos directly on the X platform. Cue uproarious laughter or crickets chirping. I'm not sure which, but that's just, that's just sad. That's just sad and pathetic. He's a sad, pathetic little man. Taylor Swift did not respond. Although some Swifties did. No one asked, babe, wrote one Swiftie, and another fan joked, she's so powerful she has a literal billionaire looking for clout from her. Pathetic. Every week there's some tour news. This week is no different. Pussy Riot! have announced a series of North American shows dubbed Riot Days. The band will be performing these shows with a, quote, significant portion of proceeds going to uh, Ukrainian children's hospitals. There will be a couple of dates in Canada, and uh, the rest, the other 20-so oh, dates or so, are all across the United States. So hit the link in the newsletter to find out if Pussy Riot is coming to a city near you. 
Here's another band that's uh, not a band anymore, but is uh, in the news this week. R.E.M. will reissue their 1998 LP Up on November 10th for its 25th anniversary. The remastered record comes with an 11-song live album of R.E.M.'s impromptu set at Los Angeles's Palace Theater in 1999, where they were supposed to be filming a brief guest appearance on the teen drama Party of Five. They have released the uh, song Day Sleeper from the show now. It's out on uh, streaming platforms everywhere. The reissue also comes in a 2-CD, 1-Blu-ray format featuring a six-song session in a London studio recorded during that up era as well as the music videos for those songs that edition also includes a 32 page book with an essay based on new interviews with the band the remastered album overseen by bob ludwig at gateway mastering is also coming out on vinyl and two cd double cd formats with the party of five live album included on the latter check the link in the newsletter for that track list and again that will be out on november 10th Blink-182's Mark Hoppus, Tom DeLonge, and Travis Barker are back with their first new album together since 2011. One More Time is out October the 20th via Columbia Records. The title track single is out now. Some news from one of my favorite bands, Queens of the Stone Age, have added a run of U.S. shows in December to their 2023 tour itinerary, keeping them on the road until the end of the year. Frontman Josh Homme and company are currently in the midst of a late summer, early fall North American outing and will launch a U.K.-slash-European jaunt in November. The newly added U.S. leg kicks off December 5th in Phoenix, wrapping up December 16th in L.A. with support from Spiritualized. They are still in the States right now on tour. They've got a number of dates that take them across the Midwest and the West Coast before heading to Mexico and then to Europe. So check the link in the newsletter and find out if Queens of the Stone Age is coming to a town near you. I would say that Sufjan Stevens is one of the greatest singer-songwriters of his generation, and he has revealed that he's relearning how to walk at an acute rehab facility following a bout with the autoimmune disorder Guillain-Barre syndrome. He woke up one morning and couldn't walk. He couldn't feel his hands or arms or legs. Uh, They were numb yet tingling. He had no strength, no feeling, no mobility, was rushed to the ER. They did a series of all sorts of tests and finally determined that he had the autoimmune disorder called Guillain-Barre syndrome, uh, which is very scary. It can be life-threatening. Someone in my family had this uh, like 40 years ago and uh, and was rendered uh, incapable of walking, uh, even talking for a period of time, couldn't do anything. It's like your own body attacks itself and uh, it's, 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 it's life-threatening. It can be life-threatening. Apparently he is doing okay, uh, as okay as possible. He's undergoing a lot of physical therapy and uh, like, like I said, having to relearn how to walk again. Despite the challenging road ahead of him, he is said to be in uh, very high spirits. So that that's great, um, but I definitely wish him a, a full and complete recovery. The rise of AI is one of the most pressing topics in the music business today, and several high-profile songwriters, including Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, and Desmond Child, are taking to Capitol Hill to push lawmakers to protect musicians' copyrights amid the rapidly developing rise of AI. Part of the performing rights organization ASCAP's Stand with Songwriters Advocacy Day, the writer's push expected this past Thursday was uh, marking the latest effort from the industry to rein in AI and ensure that recording artists and musicians' well-being 
being as prioritized as this technology advances. Voice cloning tech in particular caused a major stir in the music industry earlier this year after an anonymous songwriter made a popular song using the cloned vocals of Drake and The Weeknd. The legality of using artists' pre-existing songs to train AI to make new music is murky, and the industry wants legislation passed that will clearly state such practices can only be done legally with copyright holders' permission. The RIAA, the Recording Industry Association of America, which represents the three major record labels, spearheaded the Human Artistry Campaign, a coalition across entertainment and sports that calls for copyright to protect human intellectual creativity. ASCAP CEO's Elizabeth Matthews echoed those sentiments in a statement ahead of Advocacy Day, saying artificial intelligence is moving at the speed of light, and we need lawmakers to act now. We fully embrace innovation, but only innovation coupled with regulations that protects the rights of creators. Beyond ASCAP's Advocacy Day, some of the music industry's largest stakeholders have spent much of this past year getting versed on how AI will shape the future of the industry and pushing to proceed in ways that don't diminish the value of their copyrights. In other words, they're getting scared that this shit is getting out of hand and uh, it's going to cost them a bunch of money. So obviously they're going to be very heavily invested and interested in making sure that that doesn't happen. And considering the fact that they have the money to uh, buy the politicians' support, it probably won't happen for them. But it does pose a huge existential threat to the industry as a whole, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what plays out with AI over the coming months and years. Some Lana Del Rey news. Back in July, video footage surfaced of Lana Del Rey behind the counter at a Waffle House in Florence, Alabama, leaving fans to speculate about why she had briefly taken this new uh, job. Put all that in air quotes. In a new interview with The Hollywood Reporter, the singer served up an explanation of how she ended up wearing the breakfast chain's uniform and serving customers. According to her, she had spent several hours in a booth with her brother and sister at the local Waffle House before being offered the restaurant's familiar your blue top. Uh, We were on our third hour and the servers asked, do you guys want shirts? Hell yeah, she said. After donning the uniform and taking a few selfies, she was encouraged to take a quick order. Uh, This guy came in and she took his order and she served him a Coke and uh, some videos were taken, some photos were snapped and footage began to circulate around the internet, leaving her to quip that she just wished that her latest album had gone as viral. She said she woke up to like 10,000 texts the next morning. Morning. Some from people she had not heard from in like 10 years. Saw your picture at the Waffle House and she was like, uh, did you hear my new album? Lana released her latest album, Did You Know There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard, back in March of this year. You can catch her performing it live on her North American Amphitheater Tour this fall. Tickets for all of those shows are available now at the link in the newsletter. A few weeks ago, I mentioned that the Osbournes podcast was returning for its second season. Ozzy said on Tuesday's episode of the Osbournes podcast that his next surgery correcting spinal damage he incurred during a 2019 late-night tumble will be his last one. Tomorrow I have my final surgery on my neck, he said, which it's going to be the final surgery because I can't do it anymore. Regardless of the way it ends up after tomorrow, I'm not doing it anymore. I can't. The uh, poor dude's been through a lot over the last decade or so um, in terms of one hit uh, after another to his health and uh, and apparently you know I mean after after a decade after after a lifetime of hard living 
And then after a decade of one health battle after another, um, I imagine he's got to be really tired. So he doesn't he doesn't think he's going to be able to do any more surgeries after this one. But um, I hope that he's okay after the surgery. I hope that he gets better. I hope he doesn't have to have any more surgeries. And I hope that we have the Prince of Darkness with us for a lot, lot longer. Goth singer-songwriter Chelsea Wolfe is back with a new song. Dusk is out via her new label home, Loma Vista Recordings. She's also announced a 2024 North American tour, which includes dates across the U.S. and Canada in late February through March of early next year. Find that itinerary at the link in the newsletter. And speaking of singer-songwriters uh, blowing up right now, Noah Kahn has shared the dates for his 2024 Will All Be Here Forever tour, which takes the singer-songwriter across Europe and North America all the way through July of next year. After a string of shows in the UK and Europe, he'll be heading back to North America in late March. He'll head across Canada and the US playing legendary massive venues like the Hollywood Bowl in LA, Fenway Park in Boston, Madison Square Garden in New York, Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, and many more, with 24 Four, sorry, 44 total dates in his schedule. You can see all of those dates at the link of the newsletter. Tickets for those shows are available right now. And if you haven't listened to his album, Stick Season, it's really fucking good. Like the whole thing, everything, all the way through. It's a no-skip album, I think. Go go, put that on and listen to it. Noah Kahn, it's a K-A-H-A-N. Singer-songwriter Juliana Hetfield has been around since the 90s, uh, and she's still making music. Over the last uh, few years, she's actually done some cover albums, uh, one where she covered the songs of Olivia Newton-John, one where she covered the songs of the police, and uh, she's about to release uh, Julia Hatfield Sings ELO. Three of the singles from that have already been released on streaming platforms, Telephone Line being the most recent one that just came out this past week. She's also released Can't Get It Out of My Head and Don't Bring Me Down. All of them are really good covers of, uh, of amazing songs by an amazing band. Jeff Lynne was, and still is, an absolute genius. She has just confirmed a string of tour dates taking place next month, October. The run kicks off October 4th in Pittsburgh. She's got about a dozen or so dates. You can check the link in the newsletter to find out if she's coming to a town near you. Tickets for all of those shows are on sale currently. While still several months away, Maynard James Keenan, frontman for Pucifer, Tool, and A Perfect Circle, is about to be celebrating his 60th birthday. That's really hard to believe that Maynard is going to be 60. But uh, anyway, that's coming up in a few months. However, for now, Pucifer has announced a new streaming concert titled Global Probing, set to premiere just in time for Halloween. The latest virtual concert experience will be unveiled on October the 26th. Global Reckoning was filmed at a uh, performance Arts Center in Prescott, Arizona, and captures Pucifer's existential reckoning tour in support of their latest album of that same name. Over the course of the pandemic, Pucifer unveiled multiple live stream concerts in which they played past albums in their entirety. Uh, following the premiere of this new show, which again premieres October 26th, it will remain available to stream online through November the 1st. Tickets can be purchased online to watch the live stream. They're 15 bucks each, uh, with a ticket or poster bundle going for 4 45 bucks each. Said Maynard of the upcoming concert stream, global probing should serve to dispel any deep state rumors that Pucifer are actually a super secret government agency posing as a rock music band searching for alien life forms living among us. Fans can also catch Pucifer in person when they head out for a recently announced spring 2024 jaunt with a perfect circle and Primus in celebration of Maynard's 60th birthday titled the Sessanta Tour. It kicks off on his birthday, April 17th in Phoenix. Tickets 
are available now, and you can watch a trailer for Pucifer's global probing concert stream at the link in the newsletter. And that, my friends, is gonna do it for this week's music news, but stick around, we've got a whole lot of show left to go, including the new segment, Asshole of the Week. You don't want to miss that. Welcome back, everybody. Zappagram has a new segment called Asshole of the Week. This week's asshole, the first asshole I'm ever going to talk about, is one of the music industry's biggest assholes. That would be none other than slow hand himself, Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton is a giant asshole. Eric Clapton helped fellow conspiracy theorist and misinformation spreader Robert F. Kennedy Jr. raise over $2 million for his presidential campaign this past week, earning him a place as my first asshole of the week. Clapton performed at a private fundraiser for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. this past week, raising a million dollars for his campaign and another $1.2 million for a super PAC supporting him. Tickets to the Brentwood, California event uh, ranged from $3,300 to $6,600, with guests contributing the maximum donation, enjoying a private reception in addition to remarks from Kennedy and a live set played by Clapton himself. So this was an event held by assholes for assholes. Kennedy himself has been spreading pseudoscience and misinformation for decades, from pushing the long-debunked theory that vaccines cause autism to denying the link between HIV and AIDS, to likening shot mandates to the Holocaust, to most recently claiming that COVID was uh, ethnically targeted against white and black people and sparing Chinese people and Ashkenazi Jews. What a fucking idiot. And then, you know, later when questioned about that, he denied that he said it, but he was on video saying it. So he's not only a nut job, he's a liar. But this isn't about him. This is about scumbag Eric Clapton, who I have written at least two pieces in the past about. You can find those also if you are a paid subscriber to Zappagram. Um, you can find those at zappagram.com. But I've written all about how Clapton in the past was uh, just a horrible person. He made uh, abhorrent racist remarks. Marks, uh, later chalked it up to uh, being drunk and laughed it off when someone asked him about it or about clarifying his stance or about making an apology, laughed it off and said that he, he kind of thinks it's kind of funny. Um, he, uh, he was friends with George Harrison and then stole George Harrison's wife. And, uh, and then anyway, just, just a whole history of shitty, shitty behavior from him. You know, when people show you who they are, believe them. And then most recently, you know, he's been this, this anti-vax anti-mask asshole who's come out against those things along with Van Morrison and, uh, and, a, and a number of others, but he's a complete idiot. There are a million guitar players that are better, and um, fuck that guy. In this week's Z-Rex, Zappa's Recommendations, uh, there's a video I'm including in the Zappagram newsletter under Z-Rex this week. One of my uh, favorite bands, Manic Street Preachers, perform A Design for Life, my favorite song by them, on Later with Jules Holland on BBC Two. This is back from May of 2018. They appeared on the show, but um, it's just such a great killer electric performance that you just have to see it. You have to see it to believe it. And believe me, it's worth seeing. 
Now it's time to talk about the new music that was released this past week. One of my favorite new bands out of the UK, Bleach Lab, released Lost in a Rush of Emptiness. That's their new album. Devendra Banhart has a new album. Jenny Owen Youngs has a new one. The National released Laugh Track this past Monday. The Replacements released Tim, the Let It Bleed edition. And Soccer Mommy has a new EP, Karaoke Night, which is quite good. Quite good, like everything that Soccer Mommy releases. Now, on the release radar, that's upcoming releases that will be here in the next 30 days or so, we can expect new music from Animal Collective, Blonde Redhead, Bryce Dessner, Dan Auerbach has a vinyl reissue of Keep It Hid, Ed Sheeran has new music, Friendship Commanders are releasing their new album Mass, which I am most excited for, one of my most anticipated releases of the year. That will be out next Friday. Grateful Dead is reissuing Wake of the Flood, their 50th anniversary deluxe edition Likewise, Green Day is uh, coming out with Dookie, their 30th anniversary deluxe edition. Gunship has a new album coming out. Jason Isbell is doing a 10th anniversary reissue of Southeastern. Say She She has a new album. Wilco has a new album. Steely Dan is doing a vinyl reissue of Asia. All of that comes out this coming Friday. Uh, next month, for the first half of the month, we're looking for new releases from Blonde Shell, Dogstar, Heat Miser, Husker Du, Ilzy, Incubus, Joni Mitchell, Meat Puppets, Omar Apollo, Sufjan Stevens, Van Halen, Holly Humberstone, Margot Price, and Ringo Starr. That's just a few of the great new releases that we're looking forward to over the next 30 days. Look for me to talk more about those over the coming weeks and probably include much of that music in the upcoming Zappagram playlists. This brings us to On This Date, musical happenings of historical significance. On this date, September 25th, we celebrate the birthdays of rapper T.I. Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, was also born on this day. This day, September 25th in 1980, John Bonham, drummer of Led Zeppelin, died at the age of 32 after a heavy drinking session. He was a heavy, heavy drinker. Uh, also, sadly, on this day in 2017, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers performed their final show at the Hollywood Bowl. Petty would die of an accidental drug overdose about a week later. On September 26th, we celebrate the birthday of Brian Ferry, Brian Ferry of Roxy Music, and Olivia Newton-John was born on this day. Oh, as well as Tracy Thorne of Everything But The Girl, who released a uh, really good new album, actually, earlier this year. And on this same day in 2003, Robert Palmer died of a heart attack at the age of 54 in Paris. Lot of birthdays for September 27th. Randy Bachman, Meatloaf, Russ Kunkel, American drummer Russ Kunkel was played on on hundreds or thousands, thousands probably, of uh, albums. Stephen Jenkins of Third Eye Blind, Lil Wayne, and Avril Lavigne, all born on September the 27th. On September 27th of 1990, Dee Dee Ramone was arrested for possessing marijuana during a drug bust in New York's Greenwich Village. Few birthdays for September 28th. Ed Sullivan was born on that day in 19. 1902. Ben E. King was born on that day in 1938. Young Jeezy in 1977. And Annie Clark, uh, a.k.a. St. Vincent, was born on that day in 1982. And sadly, on that day in 1991, the great, the legendary Miles Davis passed away. September has been traditionally a really rough month for, uh, for, for losing people in the uh, music industry. September 29th, birthdays include Jerry Lee Lewis, Mick Harvey of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, 
Brett Anderson of Suede, Halsey, and Julian Baker was born on that day. So one third of Boy Genius has a birthday coming up. That same day, September 29th in 1984, Prince and the Revolution started a two-week run at number one on the U.S. singles charts with Let's Go Crazy. That same day in 2018, 2018, American blues guitarist Otis Rush died from complications of a stroke at the age of 84. Otis Rush, man, that guy could play guitar. He was one of Stevie Ray Vaughan's influences. September the 30th birthdays include Johnny Mathis, Mark Bolin of T-Rex, Trey Anastasio of Fish, and Ben Lovett of Mumford & Sons, also born on that day. On September the 30th of 2016, a schoolboy from Philadelphia who skipped class to meet his musical hero handed his teacher an absence note signed by Bruce Springsteen. Fifth grader Michael Finnerty met the boss at a meet and greet in the Free Library of Philadelphia where Springsteen was uh, in town signing copies of his new autobiography Born to Run, which is a fantastic book, by the way. If you haven't gotten it, you should get it. You should read it. It's great. It's a little hard to believe that we're already here at this point in the year, but Finally, the last day that we're going to cover in music history is October the 1st, which is coming up real, real soon. Birthdays include the great soulful Donny Hathaway, Martin Cooper of Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, OMD. Dizzy Rascal was also born on that day. Same day, October the 1st of 1970, Jimi Hendrix was laid to rest at Greenwood Cemetery in Seattle, Washington. And finally, October the 1st of 2007, and I actually remember this uh, very, very clearly, Radiohead's official website crashed after the band announced that their new album in rainbows would only be available to order via radiohead.com fans were able to pre-order the download at any price they chose they could also pay 40 pounds or about 50 something bucks for a disc box which included two cds two records plus artwork and booklets uh you could still find those online nowadays as a matter of fact and they're not that expensive i believe they're going for around 80 bucks or so it's hard for me to pick a favorite radiohead album but in rainbows is possibly it. I know, I know. Okay, computer, kid A, yada, yada, yada. I know. But for me, I think In Rainbows might be my favorite Radiohead album. Notice I said it was my favorite. I didn't say it was the best. Don't come at me, Radiohead bros. That concludes another week of Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts and newsletters. Be sure to follow me on threads, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I still call it Twitter. I don't care what he says. Uh, or Medium for more music-related content. Check out the Will Work for Vinyl t-shirts available in my shop. Link for that is in the newsletter. You can also go to chriszappa.com. Find links for all of this stuff there. Uh, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast and you listened this far along, I hope you enjoyed it and you will subscribe. Please go to zappagram.com, sign up for the newsletter, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your tell your ma, tell your pa. Tell yourself that it'll only be a short time before we're all here back together again this same time next week. Until then, I've been your host, Chris Zappa, and I am out of here.